Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. And welcome to Gorgadaduni, the Gunawage Tourism Podcast here on Nerdiwaze's podcast channel. And today we're joined by Kimberly Cross Zachary, Leilani Shaw, and Pierre Canapé uh, from Indigenous Tourism, Indigenous Quebec. Tourism Quebec. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're going to talk about a couple of different things, uh, I, I believe. But one of the biggest, I think, the, the, the topic why Pierre's calling in and why Leilani is here is there was some Indigenous markets uh, held recently um, and they were not held near here. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were pretty far away. So first off, before we get started, I'd like to do a little bit of an introduction so everybody knows who we are that we're talking to. So y'all pretty much know me if you're listening into our podcast. I'm always here. So I'm Kimberly, uh, Tourism Development Manager. And today we have Leilani Shah. Yep. Hi, welcome. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself, Leilani, and uh, I guess how you're involved in this, uh, like, what's your role in this market? Yeah, sure. So my name is Leilani. I'm from Kahnawake, and um, I was very lucky to be a featured artist in the Brussels Winter Market. So um, I had a visual arts piece that is playing every single night um, in Brussels as part of the Indigenous market. So, yeah. Cool. And Pierre, if you want to introduce yourself. Yes, hi, my name is Pierre Canapé. I'm a development advisor at uh, Indigenous Tourism Quebec. And uh, we, we're still taking part, in fact, because uh, at the winter market, we're there for like five weeks uh, until the end of December. Uh, each week, we invite uh, artists from each nation uh, here in Quebec. So, uh, so nice to be with you today. <laughs> and Pierre, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the community of uh, Pesamit. I'm a new from Pesamit uh, up on the Côte d'Or. So, yeah, um, I guess if uh, you want to give a little bit more information here about the markets and how that came to be, how did Indigenous Stores in Quebec start this conversation, get it going? Uh, is it the first time? Uh, it's almost the first time because everything started with uh, a trade mission that uh, the Ministère du Tourisme du Québec wanted to do with Belgium and all the, the French Europe. So they invited us last year to be part of the big uh, the big Brussels uh, winter, uh, Christmas market called Plaisir d'Hiver or Winterfest in English. Uh, so they asked us to be present as guest of honors last year. And since we didn't have enough time to prepare everything for the whole five weeks, uh, we went last year with a couple of artists for just a week, just to make sure, uh, like a little bit of recon there, and uh, just to be prepared this year to be there for the whole five weeks and uh, to invite artists from each nation in Quebec. And like you said uh, before the, the podcast, uh, we uh, we had Lelana and we also had Owen, the dancer from Ganawaki. Uh, Owen was really the main event while he was there last week. So uh, everyone gathered each night to to see Owen and his wife, uh, Queena, dance uh, with uh, their son. It was pretty awesome. I could only imagine. Yeah. I wanted to also ask Leilani about her experience, you know, going to Europe, going to Belgium, what it was like and having your art. Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty amazing experience, I will have to say. With Indigenous Tourism Quebec, they were very, very um, hospitable and helpful. They booked all my accommodations, so I didn't have to worry about that, which is, Mm -hmm. I think, as an artist, um, just 
being involved in the creative aspect is it's very rare for that to happen because a lot of the time as an artist who's doing a project, you're so much involved in the admin, especially a huge project where we're going all the way to Europe for I was there for 10 days. It's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of logistics. So I was very happy that Indigenous Tourism Quebec was able to take that on. But for myself and the actual artwork, so I had a seven minute projection mapping video that's going to be playing every night. So essentially what projection mapping is, is um, kind of like if you take a projector and you put it on the side of a building Mm -hmm. or on the side of like a wall or something, but it. It has very specific dimensions and normally the artwork that you have is animated. It doesn't have to be animated, but in this case it was. And yeah, it's supposed to either interact with the architecture and other things because a lot of the projection mapping that I have done in the past has been done on buildings and of various sizes and um, you have to account for the architecture and like you know you're not working on a completely smooth surface Mm -hmm. that's white and like windows exactly so you have to account for the windows the shadows different angles um, if it's like a a not smooth surface so uh, every projection mapping is so unique and it was my first time doing projection mapping not in Montreal and um, no, it was very, very, very beautiful. I was a little nervous. I think the working culture in Europe itself is just a little bit different than I would say Canada or North America. So they're very direct, <laughs> which in, in my case, I was like, I'm going to cry if they come at me again. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just the, it was just a, a difference in, in working culture. But it, nothing rude was said, but they're very direct and mm-hmm. it's it, it can come off. The tone is different. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different than than what I'm used to. But no harm, no foul. And it was uh, it was a really, really, really great event. So can you tell us about your piece? Sure. So I had a seven minute video, which is pretty long. I didn't do the video alone. So I did all of the animated artwork. So I worked in vectors, if people know what that is. So it's like I can scale it as big or as small as I would like in the what's the word I'm looking for. The resolution doesn't really change. So that's kind of what my role was. I was able to hire an animator to actually animate the project. I don't really have experience with animation, so I outsourced that. Um, And in the same To add to the projection mapping, uh, Tourism Quebec also was able to coordinate a audio composer. So he was also Indigenous. Any shout out? Uh, Yeah, his name is Nicholas, (laughs) Nicholas Ottawa. And he was able to compose a seven minute audio piece specifically for this. He was able to get someone in the recording booth and do um, some recordings. And it's very, very, very well done. And the timeline we did that I did and like my animator and the audio composer did the whole projection mapping video was insane to me. I was first contacted for, for this on in October. Oh, wow. And they're like, okay, yeah, we have a project to do in Brussels in November. (laughs) And I thought they meant November of 2024. And they're like, no, in in five weeks. Oh, so you did it in just a five week period. Yeah. And I had a vacation booked in the meantime. So I told them that I was like, I'm going away. I I won't be able to work on it during this time. Like, that's fine. We met the deadlines. It was right till the last minute. (laughs) True. style. Exactly. Time, time is not a concept we care about or understand. Um, but it was really grateful to have other Indigenous people to be able to advocate for me. Two people in Brussels because they're just like, she's going to do it. Relax. Trust her. We believe in her. That's why we hired her. And uh, it's going to be great. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. Awesome. So how did you get involved in that type of artwork? 
Uh, projection mapping? Yeah. Um, it's so strange. Actually, um, Kiana Cross randomly in, told me to apply for, um, I think it was a project with Map Montreal. And so I did. So I honestly want to thank her for kind of opening these doors for me um, and telling me to apply. Um, <clears throat> I think it was like a job or something, or I don't remember what it was, but I didn't end up getting it. But they liked my portfolio that I sent them. And they're like, it's really great. We want you to do a really small projection mapping piece for mural festival. So I was able to do that. It was only one day. It was um, it was really cool. It was an interactive type thing that I went and I animated on my iPad and whatever I did on my iPad was projected onto the walls. So it was very interactive. Um, they had a DJ. It was really cool. And then from that, I continued to work with Map Montreal doing larger scale projects. I was able to do a projection mapping project at the Saint Laurent Metro. So that was a more um, longer term piece. I think that was for I think it was every evening for about two months or definitely a month. So that was a couple of illustrations that I did. And I'm not, I'm still not into animation. So they kind of outsourced another animator to animate those pieces and kind of, it, it, it makes artwork um, more interesting and more interactive as it, it's not still, it has like a life to it and a personality um, beyond just uh, still images. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. And then I, I just kept working with Matt Montreal on, you know, different, I think I've done four pieces with them all throughout the city, all different variations, lengths, subject matter, mm -hmm. uh, different animators. So it's been really cool. So I think just from that, I guess, experience, someone from Indigenous Tourism Quebec heard my name and then just reached out. Yeah, to that's me. what I want to know, Pierre. How did you guys find Leilani? Like, did you guys just see her on like Instagram or how did that happen? Uh... I don't know. It's not me, but uh, we, we have we have a list of good contacts uh, for tech for Indigenous Tourism Quebec. So I don't know about Lelani, who found her, but it was a real good piece, a real good catch. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a and, fisherman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But for Owen, I know that we just did like a, a photo shoot with Owen a yeah. couple of weeks back this fall uh, to combine like uh, the city of Montreal and traditional culture. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was easy to ask Owen to do that because we already knew that he was a good dancer. Mm -hmm. and, and Leilani, I don't know where you're coming from, but thanks for being <laughs> yeah, there. She's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, when they paired up for the uh, photo shoot in Montreal, they had reached out to our office. Uh, the tourism office and we gave some numbers and, and I put out like a call out any dancers interested in doing this photo shoot and Owen was one of them so I'm, I'm really happy oh, nice. that you know where that little connection led because it's important to highlight that you don't know where you're going to go and where your path is going to end up and you know one little opportunity might lead you to going to Europe and having projected mapping on a building <laughs> exactly so I mean I would definitely say that to kind of any artist is Try to do as many opportunities as you can. Mm -hmm. You really don't know where it's going to lead you. And I would just say, like, do the best work that you possibly can, because, you know, word of mouth is so it's like worth its weight in gold in in an artist industry mm -hmm. that people when you do something that people really resonate with or whatever else, like it gets you places and it gets you to other job opportunities or other opportunities yeah. in the future. I think one thing I want to ask you still to Leilani is what was it about? your art right. what was the story <laughs> yeah so um they kind of gave me a theme ish um so i can kind of just to backtrack the original artist that was intended to be in this program wasn't able to do it there was something that came up so she wasn't able to move forward 
So I don't know if it was her that recommended me or if it was someone in the inner circle that mm-hmm. heard my name. So when they got to me, they're like, okay, this was the theme, I guess, that was pre-approved. And it was just supposed to be on like the four seasons. Okay. And I kind of int- was able to interpret that however I wanted to. So what that looked like for me was like four seasons and I just went with like the four directions. So like Gayerini Gordage. And I was just kind of able to do my kind of artistic interpretation of what each season holds or teachings from each one or what I think would look cool. Awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see the whole thing. I hope that you're going to share a piece with us and we can maybe put it with the... The recording. Yeah, I have a video. It's already on YouTube, so I can okay. send you like a link where you can see it. Cool. And it's really, it was really, really amazing to kind of see the grand unveiling because I, I don't know what they told me how many people were there each day. So just one more thing is, so my projection mapping is playing every single night from, from November 24th to January 4th. So it plays every night from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., every hour on the hour. And then on the weekend, it's every half hour. So five shows during the week and then 10 shows on the weekend. Yeah. And I think each weekend, the winter market in Brussels is huge. So they have like hundreds and hundreds of stands um, that are selling like all different types of food, hot chocolate. They have mulled wine. That was the first time I've ever had mulled wine before. And it was pretty good. <laughs> like, the alcohol content is like super low, so it doesn't really taste like it. But it's, it's like fruit juice. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they had like so many different things to do. They had like oyster bars and like champagne bars, like on these little stalls. They had like a skating rink. And I think as it was explained to me is Brussels itself, it's very rainy and it doesn't get a lot of snow. So I think they have a little bit of snow envy. (laughs) So at least for my video, they're like, make it Christmas. And I'm just like, "Um, I'm doing the four seasons. How am I going to fit Christmas in here? But I, you know, I did my best. They added some elements of like snow and the northern lights. So, you know, that's Christmas enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, Pierre, I wanted to also ask you, tell us a little bit more about the market and how um, Indigenous Tours in Quebec is doing different showcases, such as Leilani's artwork and um, Owen and his family doing dancing. What else did you guys have there? Yeah, or uh, do you I, still I was, going on? Yeah. So first I was going to say, I don't know about Leilani because we weren't there at the same time, but uh, I was there until last Friday and the, the place that we call the La Grande Place, which is like the, the biggest square in the middle of the city where Leilani representation happens. It was still packed uh, until like last Friday. Everyone is there, like a thousands of people there at the Grand Place. And we also have like probably the biggest uh, tree in the city uh, in the center of the Grand Place, decorated by the, the Mi'kmaq Nation. So uh, they prepared all the ornaments for the for the big tree and everything is there uh, until like the end of December, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. And I they I spoke to with one of the people from Indigenous Tourism Quebec, and I think they're able to track how many people were in the area. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know and what they told me, they said on the weekend during the opening and like the following days afterwards, they, I think 20,000 people showed up wow. to each of the showcasings of my work. So that's really cool. Um, I did not yes, expect it's crazy. <laughs> I didn't expect there to be that many people, but I think they told me from... When it first started, so November 24th to the end, which is in Jan- the first week of January, about like 3.4 million people go through that wow. winter market. And they're people from not just Belgium area, like they're also travelers going through, correct? 
I guess. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of Germans there, mm -hmm. Belgian people. And uh, we met a lot of people uh, who were coming from London mm -hmm. uh, in England. So so it's really people from everywhere because some people say there that it's the, it's the biggest Christmas market in the world. I know that they have some big ones also in uh, Germany. But like I said, some people say that it's the biggest Christmas market in the world. <laughs> and what does that mean for Indigenous Tourism Quebec to be there? What, you know, what are the benefits? Yeah, but first, the crazy thing is that uh, for uh, Winterfest, it's the first time that they didn't invite a whole country as a guest of honor. So it's really the first time that they just invited uh, Indigenous nations as guests of honor, which is like a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were so happy that they just didn't invite like the whole Canada or the province of Quebec, but just the indigenous nation of the province of Quebec, which is big. And uh, for us, uh, we already do like uh, promotion of indigenous tourism in the French Europe. Uh, we have been doing that for a while. So it's just like maybe the biggest promotion that we ever made. Mm -hmm. And you were asking before what we do there. Uh, the other thing will be that each week, we fly in some dancers, singers, uh, people who do, who do conference, uh, some arts and crafts. So each week, we switch uh, nations. So last week, we had um, Owen as a Mohawk and Queen of the Atikamek. This week, we have a Ninu Shawit, the singer, and another Atikamek. So, so each week, we bring people in uh, from each nation, which is, again, really nice. It is. It gives such a huge opportunity um, and for some people who have never traveled all the way there, too. And, exactly. And, and for us to have that exposure, you know, of our culture being shown and portrayed properly. And, yes, exactly. And um, will this, you know, this event, this, uh, you know, this experience open doors uh, to draw tourism to Indigenous communities in Quebec? Yeah, sure. We also have like a small cabin there. Uh, we, ha we have the big tent, uh, which is called the Chaputuan, uh, where all the dances and the, the singing happen. But we also have like a little cabin where we promote uh, indigenous tourism with the, our magazine. Uh, we have a map of Quebec with all the communities on the map. So, so we have a lot of people asking when they're going to come in Quebec. They sure they want to visit uh, some indigenous communities. So, so it opened a lot of doors. Yes. Did you guys bring those virtual reality goggles? No, no, no. It's too complicated. <laughs> but, but we have a we have a big TV uh, rolling like twenty four seven there with the the the, the, the not our nicest video mm -hmm. of uh, everything. Like Lenani said, uh, our video uh, portrays like uh, the the four seasons of Quebec. So we have like indigenous tourism activities from each season uh, on the on the big TV. So uh, that's cool. And mm -hmm. and we also brought some items to sell there. From different artists in Quebec and uh, we have like maple syrup, some Inuit tea, uh, moccasins from uh, Wendake and I think the best seller uh, there is the beer from the Kanawagi Brewing Company. Oh that's so, uh, true, yeah. you're hosting yeah. the brewery company there too. Yeah yeah we brought I think uh, four different kinds of, uh, of beer from the brewing company and uh, it's almost sold out. So. And I think Drew nice. from the brewing company is there right now. I yeah. don't know. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I saw oh, on his nice. Facebook. Yeah. So okay, maybe we'll we have, have to bring so him many... in too next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have so many artists there. I, I cannot keep, uh, I cannot keep track. Keep yeah, there, was a, there was a lot. <laughs> At least when I was there, I was one of the artists. They had um, Carl. I forget his last name. But Carl and his wife, Carol, they were making a birch bark canoe. Mm. They, they made that from scratch. And like 
they're like young, they're young elders. <laughs> um, but the, like they, it was so funny because Carl is, is, um, he's very chit chatty. So like he would get distracted. Like someone would ask him a question and he's like, you know, he's really invested in the conversation. He gets into the story and he's not really making the canoe. I know. And then like, his, he's like, oh, he's like, I need to come in early tomorrow. I need to make up time. <laughs> And then, yeah, uh, and Carl, uh, Carl is an uh, Anishinaabe from, uh, I think, the Timiskaming. Yeah, he's from Timiskaming. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was with, I was talking with Patricia, the the, the general manager uh, from uh, Indigenous Tourism Quebec, this morning. Uh, she's in Brussels uh, as we speak, and they just gave away the the birch bark canoe uh, <gasps> to the mayor of Brussels this morning. Oh wow! Yeah, yes. So the canoe will stay in Brussels, maybe in the museum or something like that. But uh, it was officially given to uh, Belgium this morning. Wow! As a gift, yeah. So Pierre, do you think that this uh, the winter markets that it's something that TAC is going to continue to attend from time to come? Uh, I don't think so because it's like a big one-time thing uh, yeah. when they invite a nation or a country. I'm pretty sure that we will go back, like, but but not with such a not big, so big uh, delegation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would love to go back, and uh, I'm pretty sure that the countries that were invited before uh, still have some maybe a booth or a cat in there mm -hmm. uh, when when the market uh, comes, but uh, we we didn't hear anything yet. Just on a smaller scale, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe we just could try another Christmas market since uh, this one uh, worked out so well. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Like if I make a suggestion, I would love to see tourism with New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I visited there a year ago and it was amazing. We um, attended, I don't know, if Pierre, if you were at that conference, but the Indigenous Tourism Canada conference, I believe, last year. Yes, I was there. And the, I don't know if she's the director of tourism, uh, but from New Zealand. And she had given like the closing remarks for the conference and she was so inspiring. And I had spoken to her a little bit afterwards and I got her business card and I definitely want to connect with her and, and, you know, get us going and have that conversation because, yeah, I want to go there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope we're not recorded and uh, don't tell anyone, but I think we uh, we will go soon uh, as Indigenous Tourism Quebec will go to on a trade mission there, just like you said, to be inspired by them. Uh, Take me with you, Pierre. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I think it's pretty amazing all the work that Indigenous Tourism Quebec is doing and the opportunities they're opening for the different artists that to get out there and um, getting that exposure for our communities, you know, so our tourism can grow. It's just fantastic. So I thank you for coming on the show today, Pierre, and giving us all that extra info, joining us all the way from Quebec City. Yeah, and uh, Leilani, I thank you also for coming in today. Uh, it was really, really great hearing your experience. And I'm so happy that you had this uh, opportunity. And I can't wait to watch the whole video. I only saw tidbits of it on your Instagram. Yeah, so. yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you after. But no, it was so amazing to do and see. And I think one of my favorite parts of the whole experience was that I was able to also have um, a fellow Gatnawagaronu um, participate because mm -hmm. Fallon um, was, she lives there with uh, her boyfriend and like she, like not far from Brussels, about like an hour and she was able to come and bring her daughters and it was so amazing to have her part of that. And I think she was even telling her boyfriend, like I, my friend has something happening on the Grand Place, like on Hotel de Ville, so, <laughs> which is City Hall. And he's like, 
no, it can't be there. And she's like, I think it is. There. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty important. Yeah. So it was, it was so fun to have her participate. I have think. somebody from home while you're yeah, so far away. And I, I hopefully vice versa with her. Like, hopefully I was able to bring a piece of Garamuage. Uh, yeah. She must have enjoyed it. You know, having the indigenous uh, delegation there and, and experiencing it, you know, oh, yeah. being so far away from home. Exactly. Cool. You have any more questions, Greg? No, I think you guys covered it, and uh, you know, it sounds like a, a great event that uh, that's ongoing, and uh, sounds like a great experience. And uh, I, I do know Leilani is a, a very talented artist, so uh, congrats! Thank you. And I, I cannot wait to hear from uh, Owen uh, about his experience. So I guess you'll have him on the next podcast or something like that. Yeah, we're hoping to bring Owen in. Uh, we'll edit it into this podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and thank you very much, everybody. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Guagaratuni. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Pierre. So continuing our conversation that we had had with Leilani and Pierre, we're in studio now with Owen Mayo, who was also at the Winter Markets in Belgium. And I wanted to bring him in to have his experience, um, talk about what it was like, how he was contacted, and uh, welcome, Owen. Yeah, welcome. It's an honor to be here. So uh, first, introduce yourself, Owen, and let us know who you are. Perfect. So uh, my name's Owen Skayunhuyo Mayo. I lived in Gahnawage my entire life, basically. Um, I've been dancing uh, since a very young age, and um, today I travel throughout North America and competing and dancing in some of the biggest powwows that uh, our Turtle Island has to offer. Cool. So what was it like going all the way to Belgium? Definitely an incredible experience. Overall, it was it's hard to put into words. It was it was very overwhelming at times. Beautiful. We had we had a very um, the the people there were, were very welcoming and very respectful to our culture, which which made things a lot easier, you know. As being an indigenous presenter, there has been times where ignorance is very present in our presentations. I'm grateful that my children never had to experience that yet. I, I hope they never do. And that was a, something I was worried about being on the other side of the world <clears throat> and, you know, with no very little understanding of who we are. So that was uh, a little bit nerve wracking, but overall it was, it was truly a, a beautiful experience being there. So um, let's, uh, maybe we can go through like, what was a day like while you were there? Cause you were there for how many days? Uh, we were there for 11 days total, 13 days combined with our travel days. So our average day just was basically getting up, getting ready. We got to explore a little bit nice. and then... Depending on which day it was, some days we did three presentations and then other days we did two. By the end, they were just, we were just doing one per night, the last two nights, I believe. So we got to experience everything Belgium, Brussels, I should say, has to offer there. You know, we got to learn about chocolate and how they, why they became such um, a mass producer and, and why their, their chocolate's so legendary. Got to learn a lot about the history. Um, very old city, very mm -hmm. old city at 927. And that's like mind blowing to like hear that 927. So the energies in the city was that part was overwhelming. At times you can really feel how ancient it was. But it, it definitely, you know, a lot of pride being on the other side of the world, uh, teaching our truths. 
you know, as as dancers and then singers, you know, we, we use that as to get people into our presentations. Um, I'm not sure if anybody ever actually got to see our full presentations, but we speak a lot about residential school. We speak a lot about our survivors. We speak a lot about missing, murdered Indigenous women. We speak a lot about the truth of our history, you know, and they and and we make sure that they they understand of of who we are and where we come from. And the dancing is just something extra that we do, you know. But my main goal in doing these presentations is to allow people to understand the truth and beauty of our people and not just the Peter Pan Indian they may yeah. think that exists. So did um did your kids get to dance as well? Yes, yeah, so my children did dance. Uh, my my oldest son Nash danced with us every presentation. He was a great help for us. He showcased smoke dance and um men's traditional. Uh we did we we brought in some powwow powwow dances uh in there also so they can understand a little bit of how majority of the nations today are celebrating together. My youngest did dance, of course, just in their street clothes as uh, we were in a tent outside. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very cold, obviously, for, you know, three Not and five-year-old. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, it's funny we say that because it's, it made me understand, being there made me understand so much more about who we are and, and how much, how much, power we have with our lands you know when we showed it rained every single day when we were there plus one to plus seven and you know obviously hearing the stories and 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 listening to those oral traditions on how much we did help these first explorers because they had no idea of the harsh climate that we truly do live in we showed up when we landed it was it was zero i believe or plus one and there was a little bit of snowflakes coming down, like very light, you know, and our taxi driver is like, it's safe. Well, it's, it's cold. <laughs> then they're like, You're like, it's, it's, uh, like, it's uh, you know, joking around. Like, no, it's summertime. Will you have a pool? You know, <laughs> to make a joke, you know, but it truly made me like have so much more respect. Not, not that I never respected our people. Of course, I have a lot of respect for our ancestors and honor our ancestors, but it truly made me understand how strong we truly were to help these people survive in these climates. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, now I understand it, you know. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when we were in our regalia, we were treated with utmost respect, lots of respect. You know, we were gifted many different carvings and ancient medicines that they had before their, I guess, colonization, before Christianity really took over over mm -hmm. there. So, yeah, they, um, I lost where I was at for a second. Um, <laughs> you were gifted a lot of things. Oh, we were, yeah, yeah. So we, we were gifted a lot of things. And, you know, it made me truly see how much influence our people had within Canada. Our people are so respectful here. When we had, oh, that's where I was. When we had our regalia on, we were treated with so much respect. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the street clothes came back on, you know, the people are very to themselves and not worried about many other people. You know, they try to walk through you on the streets. Mm. They do not say, excuse me. They do not say, sorry. They bump into you and they not just like look. many Canadians here. No, exactly. <laughs> and, and that made me truly think, you know, it was like, 
proof for me of how much influence we had on our ways of life and how we treat everyone equally mm -hmm. with respect and with love, you know? And it was like, yeah, that's our doing. That's definitely our doing. Wow. That's, that's quite a perspective and, yeah, it, and quite a takeaway, you know, from traveling so far. And, and it's, it's really um, amazing that you got to experience it and share it with your family and your kids at such a young age. And, and I'm so happy that you got to do that. Thank you. Thank um, you. It was, it was beyond, uh, it was beyond my expectations. Everything went great. So I guess maybe for anybody out there who's maybe up and coming, who wants to be maybe a, a dancer or a presenter, uh, like what you and Queena do, what, what's some advice that maybe you have for them? Stick with it. Keep dancing. Be respectful. Show your pride. Show your strength. Don't be, you know, don't be worried about what other people have to say to you. I know dancing in these presentations isn't for everybody. And I understand that some people may be against it even. But being able to do that and being able to share the truths and having those true teachings for the people where they come up to you and truly let you know of how much they're learning and, and you know, pointing them in the other, in the direction of, you know, I'm only human. I don't know everything. You know, I'm out. I was always told by the elders is keep a child's mind. Never think you're too old to stop learning. Always want to learn, you know, and always be willing to teach. And that's how our people are so strong and so smart. But yeah, just really, honestly, just stick with it. Stick with it and be proud of what you do, you know, because our grandparents couldn't do what we were doing. And in a way, with how the world was created, how, how this world ended up to be, I'm pretty sure our ancestors would be quite proud of us for that sure. we're living in a world that wasn't built for us, but being able to survive within what they have continued to pass down through the generations. So, Well, Nyawa Goa. Nyawa for coming on our show. Definitely. Uh, taking your time out of your day. And, you know, sharing your experience with us. And I hope that you can share some pictures with us. We'll put on our podcast too. And Definitely. And see. Definitely. And uh, for listening in today. Yeah. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.